Welcome, Welcome to, to the Lost Map Podcast. Podcast. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Lost, Lost Map Podcast. Podcast. That's brilliant. We're in time. That's perfect. So in time. I'm your host, Pictish Trail. And I'm the other guy, Laura Doho, Do- Doherty. Laura Doherty. That's me. Joining me via Hi. the internet in Edinburgh. We'll have a chat in a bit, but what you just listened to was projection. Projection. I like Projected. saying that like um, Alan Partridge says, Inception. <laughs> by Susan Bear. Quite literally by her. She recorded it. 
and that's taken from her album Alter. Susan Baer is a very esteemed member of the Lost Map Collective. We've released much music by her in the past under the name Good Dog and Tough Love. And yes, regular listeners to the show will be well aware of who Susan Baer is. Quicker to name the bands that she isn't in, to oh, be honest. It's true, actually. Yeah, plays in. Okay, well, I was going to say Pixies Trail, but that is a band that she plays in. Yeah, um, any plug's a good plug. I love how you got that in. Oops, I forgot. No. ABBA. <laughs> as far as I'm aware, she yeah. doesn't play in ABBA. Although, they're yeah. all, do you know who does play in ABBA? Who? Little Boots. <laughs> it's true. Little Boots. Do you remember Little Boots? I don't remember. I remember the Red Shoes. Was that a band? Who's Little Boots? Little Boots. Is, is, that, this... like, is that like what you get in an airport when you just get like the wee mini things to take on holiday? Is that a Little Boots? <laughs> what the pharmacy little bits <laughs> little boots no the, <laughs> little boots all i'm thinking about now is one of those little sort of travel size packets of mint shower gel no little boots was someone who was now was she in like some sort of talent show in my head i've got that guy from the x factor going little boots but actually i'm thinking of little mix little boots <laughs> was uh an artist who was, was one of the sort of first YouTube breakthrough artists, I think. And oh, like an Amy MacDonald? Yes, exactly okay. like that. Um, I only know the Scottish versions of things. Actually, well, what's, the Scottish version wasn't Amy MacDonald. It was the, oh gosh, it it was the one with flowers it? in her hair. It was the other one. Was. The oh, one who yeah. had a massive tantrum about, I want to get playlisted on Radio 2. Oh my God, isn't it terrible? I've forgotten her name. If only she'd been playlisted, I might remember it. Well, this is it. Tragic story. Little Boots, though, a less tragic story, was shot to fame, I think, via YouTube. And then suddenly, now he's in ABBA, yeah, in the sort of the band that plays the music whilst the projections are on stage at the live show in London. Projection. Did we get on to talking about Susan Bear's album launch party? Thank you. What a great segue. So Projection. That was Projection by Susan Bear from the album Alter. And Susan Bear is going to be performing, not in an altar. Or a hologram. But at <laughs> Mono Cafe Bar in Glasgow on the 15th of September. It's a sort of delayed album launch of sorts. It's in the evening. It's not an album lunch. It's an album launch. Launch. And supporting her that evening is Lost Map's own LT Leaf. Anyway, welcome to the Lost Map podcast. We're not in person like we were last month. I was. No. I'm, it kind of feels like it for me, flowing. though. I'm, <laughs> as freely. I, we're doing also a Google Meet thing, so I can actually see into Laura's living room. Messy living room. Which is where I was last time. It's very nice. It's not as messy as the studio that I'm in. The little shed. <laughs> studio. The shed that I'm in, which has still got all this crap left over from Howland Fling that I've not tidied up. Mm, the old people's day. tents that have just been left. Discarded sleeping bags. I was going to say leftover booze, but nope, none of that. <laughs> Oh, there is some leftover booze. Unfortunately, it's non-alcoholic. No one drank oh. any of the non-alcoholic booze. I drank a lot of booze this weekend, though. I was at Green Man Festival. I'm sad I didn't get to come. I you, want to hear all the goss. It was very good, indeed. So, Mountain Stage? Played the Mountain Stage, the main stage, on the Saturday of Green Man Festival. We arrived on the Friday, the day before, and it was amazing weather all weekend. I went down with Kate Canaveral and Bart Owl, our social media manager, and Gloria from Maranta and a couple of her pals and a couple of Ian's pals. My band was there, funnily enough. It was right, a good, that's handy. It was a good troop of us. I took down a lot of extra people because 
I had dancers on stage. Yeah, with the big masks, heads that you used in your video. The island family masks. It was great. We had five masks and six dancers. Ian brought his (laughs) pal John along. And John is an amazing dude. He's got like a really great tash and long hair, which is a very strong look, I can tell you. (laughs) But he's also very well accustomed to having his top off, taps off. And he's got a really massive tattoo. The guy looks properly hardcore. And he came out and danced on stage as part of the Island family. The Island family and John is how I introduced them. (laughs) (laughs) And it was amazing. It was totally amazing. Like he was doing like Cossack dancing, like the sort of Russian cross-armed legs akimbo Cossack dancing, falling over, doing flips and all sorts of stuff. It was really energetic. and It sounds amazing. I love that you've got your own biz. (laughs) It did feel like that. It felt very, it was very exciting. And the rest of the weekend was amazing fun. I really love Green Man. I heard a little bit of your radio appearance from the Sunday where oh, you no. turned up late and then you had three cans and then you were like, well, let's get the party tunes on. I didn't listen to the second half, but I imagine it continued in that same vein. It, it was... can't be that much different from the podcast. It can't be that much more chaotic. That was really chaotic. <laughs> I was like, that was on the Sunday <laughs> at 1pm. Well, I'll tell you what, I was going to give you my top five moments of okay. Green Man oh, Festival. Yes. Brilliant. Number one, uh-huh. Pictish Trail on the Mountain Stage. We've covered Brilliant. that. Number one. Done. It was the best moment for me of the whole weekend. <laughs> Number two, John on the Mountain Stage. <laughs> <laughs> Second place, tying, I would say I'm going to put them both level pegging. Number two. In it, number two. Uh, We're doing it backwards, actually. You should have started at five and worked your way down. Okay, well, maybe, yeah, maybe Pictish Trail on the Mountain Stage was the worst okay. of the oh, five. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can I can barely think anymore after the weekend I just had. <laughs> Number two, for many reasons. <laughs> uh, when we arrived on site, Lost Map had a DJ set with Fire Records at the Round the Twist tent. Johnny, another Johnny from fire records was there with natalia and he was djing and me and bart turned up freshly driven down from egg by kate canaveral and we accompanied him on the wheels of steel and dj'd for three hours lots of beers decent shifts some kids dancing it was brilliant and that sort of balanced out that was a that was a relatively professional dj set which very much was not in keeping with okay the so DJ so set. far we've got two things your top two moments so far are you and also you for me, it was. I had a Brilliant. great time. Love it. Love I had, it. There was free beer because I was performing. That's the best bit. Oh. And then the DJ set on the Sunday morning. This is level pegging. This is like a joint place too. <laughs> and the DJ set on the Sunday was like, it's up on Green Man Radio on Mixcloud just now. And I'd forgotten I'd said that I'd do a Green Man Radio <laughs> slot. And it was 12.58. And I was chatting to my friend Arwen. We were waiting in a queue for Cake and Avril to get some food. Not okay. beer, although I can't remember if I'd maybe I did have a beer at that point. It was twelve fifty eight. That's fine. And then she mentioned the radio thing. I was like, "Oh crap! I meant to be there." The good thing about Green Man is that you can get across the site in under two minutes if you're fast. My helicopter. It took me five. <laughs> <laughs> My trousers kept falling down. Anyway, I got there and managed to do most of the set DJing off my phone and sounding very hungover. Yeah. Yeah. Number three. Uh, number three, uh, Katie J. Pearson. Oh, yeah. 
who played on the mountain stage a couple of acts after Pictish Trail on the Saturday night. She was really great. I had seen her, I think, a few years ago at the Walled Garden and really enjoyed that, mm. but wasn't as familiar with her songs. And this time, just kind of seeing the set and hearing stuff that's been on the radio recently and knowing a few more of the songs and being more familiar with her sound, it was a really triumphant set. Like, it sounded really great. She's got one of those voices that really, like, it really cuts through and it's got, like, a sort of, I don't know, like a Tammy Wynette kind of country yeah, feel to absolutely. it. So good. I feel like I noticed that she's also supporting Pavement as well as yourself. Not on the same, not on the same show, but she's doing the Bristol equivalent. She is. I think she's maybe not playing Bristol. I think she's doing the European dates. Oh well, I just assume Bristol because oh, that's terrible of me. When you <laughs> assume you make an ass <laughs> out of you and Katie J. Pearson. Hold on. Sorry, Katie. Wrong. Yeah, the set was really good. Number four, Charlotte Adegeri and Bolas oh, Popal. Amazing. I'd never seen them before. It and was that was Walled Garden? Walled Garden. Oh, nice. On the Sunday night, they played Ooh, electronic duo from Ghent, I believe, in Belgium. And just really hypnotic, full-on, really banging sound. The best sounding set I'd seen all weekend, actually. It was just really full-on and really mm. punched through. Five. A Rouge Aftab. Oh, yeah, you were saying about that. I heard her on the radio. Hugh Stevens, I think, was sitting in on, on Lauren Laverne's show about a couple of months ago, and he played in a Rouge Aftab tune. And I'd just taken the kids somewhere. Maybe I dropped them off at school, so it must have been three months ago. And I was driving back <laughs> home listening to, because I listened to Six Music in the Morning, and that tune came, one of her tunes came on. And it, was, it just almost brought me to tears. She's got this incredible, sonorous, beautiful, soulful voice. She's from Pakistan, but is based in New York City, I believe. And when I was listening on the radio, she was accompanied by, I think, harp and a few other stringed instruments. But on stage at Green Man, there was a double bass player and a guitar player. And they were like just two incredible musicians. And then this voice as well, which was just absolutely heavenly. It was very calming. And that was on the Sunday? No, that was actually on the Saturday. I think it was a much needed moment of breath. That I, mm. that I needed to take after having quite a sort of overwhelming Saturday afternoon. It was just after Katie J. Pearson, actually, I think. And, and I was like feeling really sort of buzzed up. And I thought, oh, I need to calm down a bit. It's a long night. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking about my DJ set the next morning for Green Man Radio. Obviously not. No. <laughs> but very much enjoyed a Rujaf tab. But there was oh, so much great amazing. stuff the whole, the whole weekend. This is uh, our 25th podcast in a row monthly. I'm just making that figure up. But it is a neat segue into a regular section of the podcast where we discuss Postmap Club. But Johnny? Yeah. What the bloody hell is Postmap Club? What the fuck is Postmap Club, you c- <laughs> <laughs> Postmap Club, Postmap Club, Postmap Club, it's a very nice club. Club is our monthly membership club. Every month, members receive two or three postcards sent out by us to you through the post. These postcards contain download codes linking you to the new releases from the label, featuring brand new singles, exclusive tracks, remixes, rarities, live sessions recorded especially for our Postmap Club members. Yes. All from the Lost Map Collective and some specially selected friends. 
Postmark Club is also the new home of our residency project, Visitations. Visitations. Artists to spend a week writing and recording on the Isle of Egg. We now send the finished results out to you once it's done. When you sign up, you get a bumper pack of postcards along with a membership badge. Postmap Club members get access to exclusive content like live streamed gigs and sessions, a monthly newsletter from Pictish Trail, exclusive merchandise, and a reusable discount code that gives you 15% off anything in our web shop and 10% off anything on our band camp. Oh, there's loads more to say. <laughs> there are currently three tiers of membership, starting at just £3 a month. All three tiers get exactly the same stuff. The only difference is that if you pay more, you get a slightly bigger badge. Postmap Club is a nice way for you to support what we're doing as a label. If you enjoy this podcast, you like the music that you hear and you want to hear more, then you should join the club. We also have a digital only subscription and an annual gift membership option. If you'd like more info on how to become a member or purchase a gift membership, you can find out more by going to lostmap.com slash club. It is a very nice club. That is so good. That was actually, you Thank nailed you. that. That was incredible. That was really, it was a bit of a shock when there was three more paragraphs to go. But... It's a long one. We've been adding to it. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, some of the guarantees in there don't <laughs> even apply anymore. <laughs> Exclusive streams. When was when was the last time we had one of those? I suppose last. No month. one wants to stream anymore, do they? <laughs> it's true. That's over. Post streaming. <laughs> well done, Kate okay, Lasda. Thank you very much. Amazing. Enjoy work. the rest of your podcast. Bye. Bye. <laughs> there we go. For people who are unaware, that was label manager Kate Lasda, Kate Canaveral. There, the dulcet tones of giving us the Postmap Club spiel this month. I think a pretty damn good effort there. Very solid. That was think. good. Solid tick. There was things in there that she added about extra things that Postmap Club members get that aren't real. But which ones? You decide. You can find out by subscribing and not receiving the things. <laughs> Listen, disappointment is its all about ambition, isn't it? So if you're disappointed, that shows that you're a glass half full kind of person. There you go. You came into this with the wrong mindset, um, but we still value you as a member. In this month's membership, we've got three lovely postcards for you. The first of which is a brand new track from Maranta. This is a track called Pleasure.
Maranta with Pleasure. She's on our Postmap Club mail out this month. It comes with a remix by Funhouse, or maybe it's pronounced Funhouse. Do you know who Funhouse is, Laura? Funhouse. Is it Pat Sharp? <laughs> it isn't Pat Sharp. It's uh, Scotland's equivalent, Lewis Cook from Free Love. Also a good mullet. He got a mullet. He actually does have a bit of a Pat Sharp a mullet. Mullet-y, a bit yes. Pat Sharp. And he's blonded it recently. Maybe that's he's transitioning into Funhouse. Funhouse. <laughs> so there's that, that remix is exclusive to the postcard this month, along with the original track, which you just heard a clip of there. And the original track also features on an EP. 12-inch EP, which is out this month, called De Pleasure. Not De. Do Pleasure, but De, De. De. Pleasure. Un, deux, trois, Pleasure. But not trois, one less than trois, deux. De. De Pleasure. It's De. because it's their second EP, De. De. Like Hot De. Shots part, De. And it's just of equal cultural value in this household. What, as Hot Shots part two? Yeah. <laughs> Part two. I actually, do you know, uh, I haven't watched that. I know I used to obviously love Hot Shots when I was younger. I imagine it's very problematic now. So I don't I mean, know Charlie how much Sheen, I want to isn't it? Charlie Sheen. Stand by that statement. Yeah. He's problematic yeah. right off the bat. Or is it Charlie Sheen or Emilio Estevez who's in it? It's Charlie Sheen, isn't it? Yeah, it's Charlie Sheen. He's pretty fit, wasn't he? That was his like uh, his his high point. Do you know um, Bruce Lee died because he was too fit? Uh, but I thought he was much bigger than that. I think. It- <laughs> It's pronounced doofit. <laughs> uh, if you would like to purchase Maranta's EP at a discount price, uh, you have to become a Postmap Club member, don't you? You get 15% you off. Do. 15, one, five. The EP is out on September 30th and the band are celebrating with a party. Woohoo! A launch party. When? when? On the 5th of October. It's a Wednesday at the Voodoo Rooms in Edinburgh. V- Voodoo. 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 <laughs> Voodoo pleasure. Stop this. <laughs> Gone do crazy. <laughs> do far. <laughs> Christ. Well, that was Miranda. I hope you enjoyed that. Another postcard this month is the lead track from a new EP from Alexia Avina. This is You Do. Thank you. 
that was a clip of you. You. Not you. No, not me. Duh. Like, duh. <laughs> it's Alexia Avina, not me. Oh, yeah, it's a clip of you by Alexia Avina, which is the lead track from her forthcoming EP, Crush. God, she puts out so much music. She's had. She's the... crushing it. Nice. She had a little older come out earlier on in the year, an album, and then this is a follow-up EP, and it's quite a different direction. She's not playing any guitars on it. It's all electronic pop, mm. synthesizers and drum machines, and, yeah, it's a really fresh sound. The full EP is really lovely, and, yeah, I think that's a nice starter taster for you there. If you're a Postmap Club member, you will get a 15% discount on the full EP. You will. And that you. does actually mean you now. Yeah, it you, is. You, not Alexia. Oh, Alexia probably gets a wee staff discount. She gets a staff discount. Yeah. Uh, not as much as Postmap Club members. She gets just gets 10% oh. off her own records. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Crush EP is out on October 15th and is made on hand-stamped and hand-assembled CDR in a lovely wallet with an OB strip. Do you know what that is? It's a wee bit, isn't it? It's, it's a wee... Oh, sorry, I'm trying to do it visually over the Over Google me. It's not really... <laughs> so we... <laughs> A cardboardy foldy guy. It's like origami. It's the unnecessary bit of cardboard that we're killing the planet with, one limited edition package at a time. Do you know what? Let's just end it all. Like the the quicker we just get you know get rid of the planet, the better, guys. Just keep buying CDs and then we'll be done. If let's we get... end all. Let's just finish the resources and end all this palaver. If we're ending the planet, I'm in with a really music. good place right now. Yeah. So, yes, that is Alexia Vina there. So the third and final postcard in this month's mailbag is a very special one. It's another in our series of Visitations. Visitations. Releases. Visitations is our residency programme, which takes place on the Isle of Eeg. Eeg. And we invite musicians over to St. Franny's Bothy. You've stayed there, haven't you? Oh, my God, I have. It is... A wonderful little space. I am not creative. No, actually, do you okay. know what? That Bothy is the place that we came up with the concept of this or that, our favourite podcast <laughs> segment. Now, which... no longer with us. Did we actually come up with it there? Is that we, true? We literally did because we <laughs> sat down and we came up with some ideas and then we were like, great, we can put that on expenses. And then we <laughs> opened a tenant's. <laughs> Well, we'll bring back this or that at some point, but we won't do that as part of an artist residency. So this month's Visitations release is by Makeness, the electronic project of Kyle Mollison, originally from the Isle of Harris and now a London-based electronic producer and musician. An incredible dude, someone who I've been a fan of for years and years. He's played Up on Egg multiple times, actually, as part of our Howling Fling festival and he came up to the Isle of Egg in the month of February accompanied by his good pal Gus Beamish Cook and together the duo took over St Franny's Bothy they turned it into something of a of a TARDIS with all Mm. their electronic equipment and flashing lights they just brought a lot of tellies (laughs) (laughs) they caught up with all their TV watching big long scarves I don't know I'm out of Doctor Who references (laughs) (laughs) And yes, we asked both Kyle and Gus to tell us about their lives in music thus far and their experiences on Egg. And here's a little interview that they've recorded for us. This is Kyle Mollison. 
uh, Gus Beamish. And we are currently sitting in a very, very hot, sunny Deptford skate park at Folkestone Gardens. I remember being taught to play the bagpipes by my grandfather on the Isle of Paris, which looking back was probably a really lovely thing, but I didn't really enjoy it at that time, and I regret not carrying it on. However, it definitely was possibly the, the start of my musical career. For me, it was pretty straightforward. I got given a copy of Computer World, and at the same time, got exposed to Fruity Loops, the tracker software <laughs> on our home computer. Okay, and but this is like, this is like, how old are you now? I think I was 11 years old. Okay. And this was the first home computer that we had. And I was just like, I just got obsessed with trying to remake Computer World on Fruity Loops. And then from that point on, I was like, I need to learn more. The thing that genuinely like, like made me want to actually make music was like, I'm more process oriented than like anything. It was just like, how do you make this sound? How do you yeah, make these yeah. sounds and how do you get them into a sequence? Like, where do they come from? And that was that. The first music I made myself was on a little VS recorder thing that my dad gave me when I was probably about 12, 13. Oh, actually, hold on. No, it was on um, PlayStation Music. Yes. <laughs> now, is, now, you're talking, now you're talking my it language. Was, it was PlayStation Music, which is PS1. Music 2000. Then, music 2000, yeah, that's yeah. it. I had some bangers on there. Yeah, it's good, man. It's really good. <laughs> so maybe that was it, and then moved into like having a little go at like had like a bunk bed with a desk underneath it. Classic teenager bedroom zone. And I had the little VS recorder zip drive thing going on. And like me and Mix come around and I don't know, play sax with some drum machine stuff. And then that gradually got into garage bands and, and then proper bands-ish. Trying to be proper bands. Give us some names. One of the first bands I was in was called The Cliche. Nice. Three Minute Heroes. And then Super Hep Receiver, and then that all fell apart. We were trying to be quite proper with that, but it didn't work out. And then I got into a band called Fun Adults at university, which was kind of moody, dark, indie art music. And then things moved on, and I started, started making this and been doing that, yeah, for the last while. I have nearly always refused to be in any bands because the music that I started being interested in was trying to recreate a Kraftwerk record on Fruity Loops. <laughs> so that's not something that necessarily feels like you need other people to do it. Yeah. But over the years, I've made a few different things and been in a few different bands. I made music as chalices of the past for quite a long time, which is kind of very silly, heavily auto-tuned internet music. Post-internet music? 
post-internet music of uh, <laughs> different varieties. I used to play in a band called Big Drug. Big Drug, yes, big fan of Big Drug. Now I play with Kyle in the band version of Makeness, which Kyle's taken out of his potted history of music. <laughs> yeah. And I also play keyboards a little bit with George Nichols in the band The GN Band. Yeah, yeah, also a very good band. If you're at the Family Island Gathering, Howling Thing, small version, um, George Nichols was terrorising McKaylee on the Friday night. <laughs> yes, George had to be taken home. Yeah, well, I think, I think we've, we've both been trying to make dance music in, in various different ways, in various different kind of formats for a while. And then recently we started doing something together called Small Car Energy, which is kind of a, a collaborative project for the harder end of the music that we make. I actually also forgot the biggest thing which I did, which was like, to, I used to do a solo thing called Wildebeest. Oh yeah, it's great stuff. And then uh, I was in a band called Nude Lizard as well. Nude Lizard, yes. I was a bass player in Nude Lizard. Um, We're talking about little, little um, nugget of claim to fame. Um, one, of my, one of my songs was on the, you know when you do like the montage at the end of the tour of France for the stage. Really? Yeah. One of my songs was on that, so... Oh, wow. That's probably my crowning glory. That's pretty good, man. Yeah. I need a Well, I'd been to Egg one time before. I've said this in every interview, whenever someone's asked what your favourite gig was, I've without fail said Egg Village Hall at Howling Fling, maybe 2016. It was just amazing, and I hadn't been there before. I had a wonderful time, met lots of lovely people, got looked after like the best you could ever. So I had been following Johnny's visitations series and being like, wow, that would be nice to do that. So dropped a few hints. Yeah, amazingly, Johnny invited us up to come, so... Yeah, really looking forward to being there and kind of soaking up everything that's about the island. I've known about the buyout of the island since, roughly, probably since it happened, coming from a, a sort of faded hippie family. That was, that was quite high on everyone's kind of excitation list that's mm. managed to happen and out, out there in the islands. Yeah. It was actually my first time coming to Egg when we came for the visitations thing, and I was extremely excited to go there. It's an amazing place. But in terms of like, like what expectations we had of recording, personally, I was like slightly nervous about getting together because normally the way that Kyle and I work is that we, we work on things separately for a period of time and then bring them, bring them together and do a bit of structuring, a bit of mixing and like try and turn it into something. Or maybe it'll start with a very loose jam and then one of us working independently for a period of time. Yeah, but, and then we'll bounce, bounce back and forth a little bit. But the, um, the idea of coming together and trying to write from scratch with nothing, mm. like a series of tracks, was a little bit daunting. It was exciting because I was, I've never, like, literally never really done that before with the sort of instrumentation 
that we were using as well. Yeah, I think it was. We were. I was a bit like, kind of wondering whether I'll try and get all the band that I'm doing to make this project to come up and get all the drums and amps out and rock it out for the week with everyone. Go up on my own and get into my own head and you know sort of spend that time, I guess, working on tracks that maybe I've been had ideas for before or or actually decided the best idea was to bring my friend Gus up and work on along the sort of a continuation of the kind of sound that I've been doing with Maintenance. There'd been sort of record-breaking storms and incredibly high winds, and it looked extremely <laughs> unlikely that it was going to stop for the foreseeable future, let alone would we be able to get across to the island on a ferry. Yeah. And on the way up, it was so windy, in fact, that I think we had to stop at least... We had to stop once on a motorway because it was, like, just getting unbelievable. Like, yeah. the yeah. wind and rain was just, like... Uh, yeah. plan was to stay at my dad's place just south of Edinburgh. And then carry on, I mean, with, with about two hours sleep in between this. So we got up and set off about two, three in the morning, maybe. Somewhere up near, like, coming up towards Fort William. But just, like, no visibility, logging trucks up front, like, sheet rain. And snow. And snow. <laughs> like, could not see anything. <laughs> yes. And, like, and rushing for the ferry, so... I mean, I'm sure anyone who's driven up to the islands in the winter will know what I'm talking about. But anyway, we got to Malig. At this point, Gus had managed to book the car onto the ferry. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, rang, I rang ahead and I got redirected to the main CalMac office. And they were like, yeah, yeah, sure, you can bring a car on. Yeah, absolutely. No worries. Yeah, so that's two adults in a car. Great. All right, we'll see you there. And then we got there. And on the way up, you're like, I'm pretty sure you can't book a car onto the ferry. And then we got there, and uh, this woman looked like she'd had a large night the night before. <laughs> it was just like, what are you talking about? That's, that's absolute nonsense. You definitely can't do that. <laughs> but luckily, we still managed to get out on the ferry with all of our stuff. In terms of what a typical day looked like, I mean, we got straight into it, right? We just set up the studio, started linking up a few bits and bobs, tried yeah. to think about what needed to be sequenced with what. So for people that who maybe have no idea about what sort of equipment we were working with, we've, this was an entirely, nearly entirely electronic process. So lots and lots of synthesizers that all kind of needed to be able to link together and work together for us to be able to play in a way that could actually create any kind of music rather than just a sequence of noises. So we kind of just made a preliminary pass at linking all this gear together. Every bit of gear was used as well. And then just got straight into it, right? Yeah, we pulled in, there was a... There was a big picnic bench outside the bothy and um, got that right stuck in the middle of the rock well, just outside this huge window that looks over, kind of looks over the top of Johnny's house on egg. Yeah, just got stuck into it, covered the stuff, covered the table in um, electronic devices, wired it empty up and then press play. Yeah, <laughs> you just press play and it does it. It kind of, each of the tracks kind of started in slightly different ways, but a rough mould for what a day of working together looked like was that maybe I would get up and 
do a little bit of staring out of the windows and uh, trying to trying to immerse myself in <laughs> in the the fantastic scenery view, <laughs> viewable from the fantastic windows on the side of this yeah, on the side of the buffy. Yeah. Make a little bit of breakfast. We'd have a bit of breakfast together. Spend a bit of time noodling around until some kind of idea that we could work on had come together, and then we'd kind of lay down some quick passes of a few different ideas, mm. and then. Usually one of us would go out for a walk or go and investigate something for a bit of time out on the island. Yeah. While the other one stayed in and messed around a bit or worked on trying to pull it together. And then the other one would go out for a walk for a little bit. Which I think was quite an important bit of the process because it allowed a bit of time to just think when it's not two people together to sort of move things forward a bit. And then vice versa, when we, everyone, when we came back together, we were able to sort of talk about how we'd want it to be carrying on from there so yeah that was quite a a big part of the process it's definitely a thing where like when you're making something a good like 80 to 90 percent of the time i find unless unless i've already got like a really solid idea good like 80 to 90 percent of the time is just like trying things out and like most of it sounds pretty terrible so you've got to be able to afford each other the luxury of like sitting there and making like terrible noises (laughs) <laughs> for like quite a long period of time and like restraining yourself and not wanting to like jump in and be like oh yeah but maybe this maybe that maybe. Yeah. you know and just letting someone kind of fiddle around with stuff and that's usually like where the ideas kind of came yeah. from I think definitely for me, in terms of making the music, I felt it was quite important not to have written anything before we came up and to be able to really kind of take the space and the physicality of being on the island as a kind of prompt to be able to work with. So I think we made things that we wouldn't normally make at all. Like if we'd come up with like riffs or Mm. kind of like motifs or kind of like sound worlds that we wanted to work on, it it would have been entirely different. Yeah, I think that was maybe... Sort of relatively unsaid rule between us, but yeah, we'd kind of we wanted the music to have come from there as a a rule, I guess. So everything everything that's on the release was completely made on egg. But yeah, so I guess a little bit. Some of the lyrics are maybe a bit on the nose, but they're just things that happened and things that came up when I was there. And there's very there's very there's not that many of them, so it was kind of just peppered in and quite self-explanatory and sort of felt that they just worked so that's what that's where that came from but for me there was definitely like a sense of the kind of i mean just the just merely the view like normally what (laughs) what i'm looking at when i'm making music is i'm looking at a wall normally (laughs) i think it's probably the same for you yeah you're you're looking at a wall and my my studio has no windows looking out into like a like a constantly kind of changing Mm. this this was like end of february so the weather was righteous. It was intense wind, intense wind, 50 miles an hour, quite yeah, a lot yeah, of the yeah. time. Just watching the cloud cover came, coming in and out over mountains on the mainland and kind of seeing the different layers. There's something about the way the cloud cover was rolling because it was moving really quickly because of the wind as well. Mm. You'd really see like the, the layers of each kind of layer of mountain rather than kind of homogenous hazy mass like you often see if you're kind of looking out there. 
Yeah. And there's kind of that kind of expansiveness, I think, is pretty well played out in quite a lot of the music. It's kind of a lot of like long rolling sequences. Yeah, I've got a lot of memory of basically sitting with one oscillator on one synth and just very slowly moving it, almost as if it's to the, the way the, I don't know, the clouds and wind is rolling in. Sounds a bit cheesy when you say it, but it's kind of what I was doing. I'll just I'll <laughs> lean into it. That's, that's what it's about. We, we clocked the weather was going to be good for one morning. We managed to get up to school. Had an incredible view. It was amazing. We had we literally 360 panorama. Clear to rum, clear to the, clear to Malik. Yeah. Eggheads. I think we'd have been working on the track for the other week, but we hadn't really like gone back to it. Another one of those expansive, long play rollers. I can remember starting that one. Yeah. I can remember the start of it. It was, one of, it was another one of those ones where Gus kind of started it and then I went out for a walk. Yeah. And I sat down and like spent the afternoon putting extra simps and playing with it and making it heavier and crunchier, basically. And then Amy structured it that night. And then I think that was maybe the night we went and called in on the hall where there was some raw chaos going on. Yeah. Which was which was lovely, but we did um, we did, we did meet some characters. We, we, got, we got a mixture of warm welcomes <laughs> of different of different types, should we say? But yeah. it ended with us playing them that tune, and that was the one they seemed to latch onto. For the, for the real tech heads that are out there and interested, there's a kind of uh, weird kind of sound that sounds a bit like you're slapping a didgeridoo. <laughs> that sound is the electric druid VCO through a Steiner Parker. VCF that yeah. I built with a really weird envelope on it and that was literally the beginning of the track because I was like yeah. well what happens if you do all this weird modulation with these yeah. things yeah. and let's try and make a sound that sounds like a didgeridoo being electrocuted awesome Lean-On kind of sort of came out of nowhere, didn't it? I think I was reading some of the copy from like a previous Visitations thing. Oh. But I can't remember who it was. And they were talking about kind of trying to harness the like, the swooping sounds of like birds in the cathedral cave. Mm. And I remembered when we walked down there, the kind of like insane like cloud of pigeons that had come <laughs> like rushing out. Just had like quite a clear like image in my mind of, because pigeons, you know, even though they're kind of disgusted you know people find them disgusting they're, mm. they're rock doves that are made to live in caves in wild places and they're beautiful flyers mm. and they can fly beautifully in enclosed spaces kind of very gracefully mm. considering their plump shape and size and I was trying to think of some way to get that kind of lilting swoopy nature so I started with these chords because I'm always really into like stacked stacked fifths of mm -hmm. different types and mm -hmm. I was playing through a few different options with the, with the Micro Freak and the, that chord sequence came out. But then I remember Kyle lying down the, laying down the line. And I think the lyric came out 
maybe you'd written it already, but it seemed to come out fully formed, and I was like, wow, well, this is an amazing line. I'd been thinking about it because we went, it was, a fir- it was maybe the first or second day, and we'd been literally, like, I've been, like, one of those great moments when you can just fully, all bodily weight, just lean forward and be held up. It doesn't really happen to me very often, that kind of lyric thing, but there it was, and we put it down. That was the end of the week, though. I made that one in the morning, and then you, you sung a line to it in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. But that was because we'd got to a point by that point where we could actually kind of work together. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? We'd, we'd got to the point where we didn't need to just be, you know, fiddling about with things individually. Like, we could come together and yeah, that's give each very other the space yeah, yeah. to experiment. So basically, if we've had, like, a month, we could have done something really amazing. But... <laughs> yeah, this was the first pass. Bring us back and just see what you get. Bim Police is a is a pipe tune that I wrote during lockdown when I was living with Gus and his partner Katie. Katie's very keen on recycling and there's many different bins for different things, which is as I am. I, but we have so, a simple system. <laughs> there are there are five different bins. And if you don't follow it, there are severe punishments. Yeah, so I fell foul once or twice and actually I'm a full convert to all of it and forever will be so thank you very much Katie it's also a bit of a riff uh, not not really a piss take just a more kind of a a bit of a riff and homage to the Folk Police which is a song by my dad's band the Pete Bog Fairies I work in a restaurant with a woman in her early 60s who loves hard trance and it's all she listens to is like hard trance and like future bass and like donk music basically she plays it incredibly loud and I work there doing like 12 hour shifts and I've been doing that for four years so I have you know 12 hour stints of continuous donk and hard trance music like etched into my brain I always like have a need to kind of exercise it this was a meeting of Kyle's amazing riff Kyle's decision that yes we were going to make something incredibly stupid (laughs) and then my desire to exercise the the hard trance demons I can see for miles. It's possibly started in the evening on the Tuesday. I think it started on us playing around on the Rogue, or Gus playing around the Rogue and getting that sort of idea of let's do something with arpeggios. Gus has been making loads of music with arpeggios recently. I think I was having a go over uh, some drum groove we had or something, and then I had started getting into something, and then Gus sort of swiped, swooped in and just blasted out this, like absolutely beautiful arpeggio that kept rising and rising just straight up on the playing it out on the keyboard i think gus would be maybe doing some structuring stuff and i'd got them we'd like we just set up a mic that we could use at any time and i'd just been sort of humming away some some bits and 
we were like, do we, does it need a vocal? And we were like, yes, why not? Why not? Have a go. And then so I popped in some humming over the track and we saved it as I can see for miles because we can see for miles. So that's where that came from. And the rest of the lyrics came as the week went on from going on walks and that kind of thing. I was quite keen for it to be very literal. Often I'd feel quite self-conscious about that kind of thing, but because of the setting and what it was doing, it just felt really nice. And that's what it is. So yeah, that's I can see for miles. I Can See for Miles by Makeness, part of their Visitations Visitations recording. Great work there from Kyle and Gus. Thank you very much for taking part in the interview there. And some amazing music. Like, what's so exciting about this project is that with every entrant and every release, there just seems to be a completely different style or a completely different approach, which makes sense because they're all different people. (laughs) <laughs> who do it. it makes sense that that's the case yeah yeah <laughs> but certainly this is the most full-on dancey record that we've released as part of the series so far and all sorts of forms of dance going on there there's like really motoric psychedelic stuff going on and a more of a deeper darker house techno thing and happy hardcore a bit of happy hardcore there at the end as well i'm just loving the vision of a wee bothy in the middle of the Inner Hebrides, just pure blazing out this music in the middle of February, which notoriously is a pretty shitty month for um, weather. The visibility was poor. I'm surprised he could see four miles. I could only see one miles. Miles Davis, he was there. So just just one miles. So visitations there, that's exclusive to Postmap Club members this month. The music will also be released on cassette in much the same way as the Emma Cooper release was a few months Emma ago. Cooper. Emma Cooper. And yes, that'll be available on the Lost Map website. Postmap Club members, if they do wish to have a physical copy of that, will get their discount code enacted upon checkout. All right, we've reached the end of the podcast, Laura. 
Oh. Hey. hey. Oh, hey. you just getting into it? I was just getting. I was just getting into swinging things. Well, tell tell us your top ten Edinburgh Fringe shows. Top ten. Okay. Well, <laughs> no. Start with the, the no. Oh my god. <laughs> It's, it's going to be an interesting month, this one, because I don't know if we're going to have to take a break. It's over, from Laura. The old, from, the old, from the old podcast. I'm on tour from the middle of September until 1st of October around the UK. So it might make recording things a little bit tricky, but we'll see how prepared in advance we are. I hope we can do something. I mean, you and Joe, you and Joe managed one uh, while you were doing your... Was it May tour? Was it May? It, it May? was March and April. March, yeah. April. So it's not... Totally out of the realms of possibility. We're not going to have Kate Canaveral as the tour manager on this tour, which means we're probably going to be more drunken. <laughs> which Uh-oh. is quite scary because we're the ones driving. Maybe it'll be less drunken <laughs> because of that. It'll be less drunken. Um, less drunken, oh my so God. that's good. I'm looking forward to the tour, though. The tour starts on September 14th in Edinburgh, the Queen's Hall, one of James Yorkston's nights there. And, yeah, continues all around Scotland and... Then we're playing in England. We've got some shows in Lancaster and Sheffield and Bristol and Stroud. And That's the ones with Bastian, is that right? Well, actually, the Bastian ones are after that. We're doing the southwest oh. of England. Straight after Bristol, we're doing a show in Exeter, then Totnes, then Plymouth. There is a Plymouth. <laughs> and uh, finishing in Penryn on the 1st of October. So if the next podcast comes out, if, if. it'll be as wow. we've finishing the the tour and i'll probably be a husk of a man well i mean any huskier than post green man i tell you yeah lunch. the last few days of just after green man were okay. pretty tricky yeah <laughs> i'll be honest now we're going to listen to a track by delhi finger who is accompanying us uh, on one date of the tour matthew Which date? he's playing on the 26th of september at the prince albert in stroud which is where he lives Handy. He doesn't actually live in the Prince Albert. That's a pub. Oh, less handy. But he's he does live in Stroud. I saw my friend James Hankins at Green Man Festival. Aww. James was in All the Worms with Deli Finger, and he's thinking of coming up and getting an Airbnb. So, well, or you know, other places to stay are available. Not in Stroud, there isn't. It's uh, okay. <laughs> it's the destitute. Not even for... a Premier Inn. There is a Premier Inn. But I said to James, if he, if the Airbnb is reasonably priced, we might jump in. So Brilliant. everyone party at James's. It should be great. Don't go to the Premier Inn. No, James's Airbnb. Deli Finger is supporting us at that show and we'll be playing songs from his brand new album, Small Love, which is out this month on Last Mab Records on Compact Disc. We'll introduce a track from that show in just a second, but I'd like, to, first of all, to thank you, Laura, for joining me on this month's show. Oh, you're very welcome. Lovely. It's been illuminating. How have you found it? Crispy. Crispy. (laughs) I found it really tiring. I'm out of whack. I'm not ready for this tour. I'm worried. Does it feel like a therapy session? (laughs) We've all had a good cry. We'll go and reflect. One little review and rating that we got for last month's episode was a negative review from someone who said, why did you not thank Joe Cormack at the end of last month's show? Was that from Joe? I think it might have been from Joe. And so thank you to Joe Cormack for his hard work editing last month's episode and for this one i suppose yeah he's done a really good job on this one i imagine well, I hope. well he's, he'll, he'll have to have worked pretty hard maybe this month's one won't come out without further ado thank ado. you for listening to the lost map podcast Podcasts. please sign up to post map club by going to lostmap.com forward slash club. club here is warm parasite by delhi finger Thank you.